Hi there, it's Nahani Rouse, and this is Can We Zoom? Whoops, I mean, Can We Talk? The podcast of the Jewish Women's Archive, where gender, history, and Jewish culture meet. We've reached the end of our spring 2020 season, and what a season it's been. Before we break for the summer, let's revisit some of the highlights. To do that, we need Judith Rosenbaum, the Jewish Women's Archive CEO and my partner in creating this podcast. Let's get Judith on the line. Hello? Can you hear me? How's it going? Okay. So since we're about to take our summer hiatus, we thought we'd take a moment to look back over the last season of Can We Talk? It coincides almost exactly with the COVID-19 shelter-in-place orders, though we did start planning it before. Right, and I remember I felt really lucky that just as we were moving to remote work and leaving the workplace, we had all this content that was just, we were just putting the finishing touches on and getting ready to release. So it felt like here we are in this moment where people are going to be at home at loose ends and we're going to have material to share, which felt kind of strangely exciting. Yeah. And I felt really relieved to have a lot of these episodes in process already because suddenly I was sharing my work time with my kids and carving out the space to to work and think in this situation has been really, really difficult. It is a very, it's a very strange reality and definitely still in flux. And one, and something that has, there's a lot to say about gender and caretaking and work-life balance in this moment. I mean, always, but in this moment, particularly, I think. I can see a fall episode taking shape. Yep. (laughs) Stay tuned. Well, one of the episodes that we didn't have planned that we ended up starting off the season with was Dory Midnight's poem, Relearning to Wash Our Hands. Washing our hands helps us return to ourselves by washing away what does not serve. Wash your hands like you are washing the only teacup left that your great-grandmother carried across the ocean, like you are washing the hair of a beloved who is dying. I think a lot of people really connected with this poem. Mm -hmm. For me, it was this simultaneous reminder that even with all of our own anxiety and uncertainty that we were feeling, that we should remember and hold close the people amongst us who are far more vulnerable. And it was also a reminder of the potential for growth that this moment was creating. Yeah, I felt like a reframing of this act that had been purely put in these kinds of this kind of clinical anxious thing. Make sure you're washing your hands for 20 seconds and you know this 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 thing that felt scary and sort of rethinking it, reframing it as something that was also about caretaking and love and compassion and being kind to yourself and this way of also like reconnecting with the body, not as something that is only vulnerable, but also is a source of strength. Just contrast this approach to where we are now, that the act of wearing a mask or even appearing to take risks seriously can be twisted by some people as a statement of your politics rather than how much you care about other people. Can we talk? <laughs> From the hand-washing poem, we moved on to 
the life and comedy of Let me tell you something. Joan Rivers. Let me tell you something. The reason I have nothing happening up here, and the way I'm glad, is because I'm getting older. At least nothing's there to drop. Because, oh, do you know, oh, you don't know what it's like to get older. <gasps> do you know what it's like to go in the morning to take off a facial mask and realize you're not wearing one? I think oh, it was oh. either the day before we closed the office or the day that we closed the office. One of the last things that I did was actually go to the podcast garage in Austin to record uh my tracks of the Joan Rivers uh, episodes. And it was such a strange time of kind of frenetic, you know, consulting around what we should be doing and trying, we were canceling all these trips and we were trying to figure out, you know, did we need to close the office and consulting with board and with other organizations and reading everything. And, and at the same time, I was spending a lot of time listening to the audio that we had from these amazing interviews that JWA had conducted with Joan Rivers in 2006. I got on because the night before some comic bombed. So they called me up and they said, you can come on, but not as a comedian. They had no faith in me. They brought me on as a girl writer. Getting to just kind of give ourselves permission to immerse ourselves in comedy at this moment when the world was encroaching in this very scary way just felt like such an amazing gift and a real, you know, a real kind of privilege to be able to spend a little time pulling away from current events and, and thinking about Joan Rivers and comedy and serious things that come up in her comedy. But it was just such a different kind of pace. And that felt like this wonderful, meaningful distraction of that time. And I also remember that while you were at the podcast garage recording the Joan Rivers tracks, I was in my basement and I literally locked my son out of the house so that he wouldn't interrupt our recording session. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time, that probably seemed strange. And now we do these kinds of things all the time. (laughs) Speaking of children, back in February, we had the opportunity to sit down in person with our daughters to record a conversation about Judy Bloom's novel, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Even though this book was written at a very different time, she's still dealing with all of the basic teenage girl struggles that anybody has to go through, like wanting to wear a real bra and wanting to get your period and wanting to be just as developed as your friends. I think she says somewhere in the book um, that, like, She's like, in, sixth, in fifth grade, I never cried, and now I cry almost every day. What's happening to me? And I can really relate because it's just, like, so much to deal with when you get to middle school. We recorded that in February, and then we released the episode in the middle of quarantine. And I, while I was editing it, I was listening to our daughters talking in the very open and thoughtful way that they were. And there was something poignant about knowing that they would soon be faced with this new reality and that in some ways like all of that exploration that happens like that social the social dynamics all that would in some ways be upended very soon after that conversation even though the norm is still for i'm waiting for the boy i like to ask me out and i don't like that but that's i mean i think that's how everybody feels and i want the same experience that everybody else has This is like a revelation to me, like the idea that girls are still waiting for boys to ask them out. Yeah, I'm totally surprised by that, too. I had no idea. Um, It makes it what? It makes it more. It just makes it feel more romantic for the girl. Why did why is that more romantic? 
that's that's what society says. It's like that's a perfect relationship, and so therefore that's romantic. Listening to that episode, I just still feel so lucky that our kids allowed us to have that conversation with them. I think you and I, even as we were recording it, we're kind of looking at each other like, is this conversation really happening? They're continuing yeah. to talk. And they, they were not eager to end it. They kept talking and we just kind of kept recording like, okay, let's, we'll keep this going as long as we can. Absolutely. And what, what we ended up publishing is only a fraction of what we talked about. Right. It was really kind of this amazing opportunity. And, and, and it does, there is this kind of bittersweetness now listening to it, to think of the four of us sitting together on, my couch and that having no idea that those kinds of encounters of friends together in the same room would sudden would very soon be incredibly precious and not available to us someday again soon yes you know this spring has just brought so many grim surprises and realities and we started this discussion talking about how we'd done a lot of production work for the season ahead of time. But of course, this current situation has also required us to be flexible and responsive. We felt that at the very beginning of this podcast season when we, you know, preempted our first Joan Rivers episode with the Doreen Midnight poem on relearning to wash our hands. And at the end of the season two, we had to kind of change what we were planning because it became very apparent that we needed to focus on um, the protests that were sweeping the nation and that continue to challenge all of America to rethink our systemic racism and and really grapple with it in a new way. I feel really grateful that we have the podcast as a way to respond to things as they're happening and to be able to amplify different voices that we think are really important to hear. In our most recent episode, the Black Lives Matter episode, we heard from several Jewish women of color. I was especially moved by what Therese Johnson said, drawing attention to the racism and lack of representation inside the Jewish community. If you go and research the Jewish organizations in our community, look at the leadership. Whenever you see an organization and the leadership is predominantly white, um, then there is a problem. There is a structural racism problem. And it's certainly our intention to continue this conversation and not have it stop with just one podcast episode. Yeah, I mean, I think when we started this podcast, part of our goal was to expand people's notion of who is a Jewish woman, what is a Jewish woman, what are the kinds of things that Jewish women are thinking about, talking about, doing in the world, struggling with, you know, speaking out about. And I think we've done that to some extent, but we definitely have, you know, we we see ourselves as having still, like all of us, a long way to go. And we are taking the challenge that we heard from the folks that we interviewed in the Black Lives Matter episode really seriously, and we'll continue to expand the, the range of voices that we're including in the podcast. So thinking ahead to the fall, we are already working on a fall season. But before that, we'll be releasing a special pop-up episode on the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the Women's Suffrage Amendment, and that will be in August. Yes, I'm really excited about that. I had a lot of fun doing the interviews for that episode. And in the fall, we'll also be definitely addressing many issues that are relevant to the upcoming presidential election as well, which might mean that we revisit some themes that we've already talked about in earlier episodes in the past. 
Yeah, it's one of the things that I really love now, especially that we've done so many episodes that we have this opportunity to go back and look at the things that still feel relevant and how stories have changed and evolved. And, you know, I'm thinking, for example, about the episode we did on Me Too in the Jewish community. And there's certainly more to say about that um, a few years out from the beginning of that movement. And I'm also thinking about the episode we did with Rebecca Traster on her book, Good and Mad, which focused on the power of women's anger, but also talked about the way that anger is not only gendered, but racialized. And we certainly see the impact of anger in the current protest movements. And I'm sure we will in the elections uh, in the fall as well. So that's going to be something we'll want to talk about again, too, I think. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you've reworked some of the Jewish women's archive programming to fit this moment? Yeah, you know, it's been such a strange time in so many ways. And some of it has been that, you know, there's, it's been months filled with anxiety and uncertainty and isolation. And also a time when we've really had to you know, draw on creativity and innovation and imagination in new ways. And everybody's had to be flexible and nimble and think about the ways we want to live our lives and do the work that we do. So at JWA, it's really been a time when we've seen enormous growth of our programs. Right as the stay-at-home orders began, we launched our quarantine book club, and we've been doing these programs with hundreds of participants every week, participating in conversations with authors about books, about the meaning of art in times of crisis, about what uh, brings us comfort and inspiration. And we've also uh, launched a new online history course. It was kind of a pilot course and something we've wanted to do for a while, and we're definitely going to do it again. Um, so we we spent a month exploring uh leading through crisis and change, Jewish women at the turn of the 20th century. And um, we just recently got an NEH grant to expand our online programming and also continue some of our oral history processing work. So it's just been a really exciting time to be able to connect with people around the world for meaningful conversation about history and leadership and resilience and navigating difficult times and where gender and women fit into these themes and where we can learn from their lives. So you know, JWA has always been a global community, but I think we feel its presence in a really different and more engaged way. And that's been one of the gifts of this time at home and online. And I'm so delighted to be part of this and to work on these stories with you. And I really can't wait to dive back in in the fall. Me too. We always have so much fun together. Thanks, Judith. Bye, Nahani. uncertain and physically distant times, let Can We Talk and the Jewish Women's Archives online programs be one of your connections to the world. You can find all our past episodes at jwa.org slash canwetalk. Please consider sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. It's the most effective way for people to find us. You can learn more about JWA's online programs at jwa.org slash events. If you'd like to make a contribution to help us continue to produce Can We Talk, please visit jwa.org donate. We really appreciate your support, and we'll be back in the fall. Until then, stay safe.